Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Now and Then with Brad and Isaiah. This is uh, Isaiah's newsstand episode, so you know what that means. It's just the two of us, uh, or just the few of us. I mean, maybe if you're listening with your friends. I don't know if that's a thing. Do people listen to podcasts with their friends? I don't. I don't really do that. I feel like it's a very intimate, personal, one-on-one thing, like me and the people who are doing the podcast the person doing the podcast i don't know let me know if you you guys podcast parties i don't know i'm interested now thinking about that out loud um but yeah we are here well i am here you are here um let's see i'm working a lot guys it's it's heating up the holiday season you know i'm working on the weekend like not like usual well kind of like usual depends on part of the year um but yeah, no, I'm sore. <laughs> uh, not digging that. Getting old, working too much. Shit's whack. Um, but we had a lot of news. So, you know, here I am again. Um, let's see. Let's start it off. Uh, I got a got some international stuff before we, you know, get back home. Um, but got this from Reuters. Um, a U.S. journalist was jailed for 11 years um in army ruled Myanmar. Um so the journalist was Danny Finster, um 37 years old, managing editor for online magazine Frontier Myanmar. Uh apparently he was a journalist, US native, you know, but reporting, you know, saying things in Myanmar that are going on and I guess as a part of the suppression this military uh, dictatorship just arrested him and have been charging him for all this stuff like seditious acts um, I mean all kinds of just just crazy sentences and essentially um, his sentence is 11 years so I mean um, it's definitely some not good shit the, the, the jail is definitely a very inhospitable place I mean obviously that's it, anywhere you go but in this situation Myanmar it's definitely not good um and it's definitely is like a response to what is going on with like U.S. sanctions in that area for what's going on in this dictatorship and also their suppression of just news um you know typically there are enough sanctions and you know potential you know uh, I'm trying to think what the word is uh, ramifications that you'd worry about like if you're going to actually suppress uh news and journalism and stuff like that um and if you want to actually get along you know and work with other countries and get aid and things of that nature you don't you know attack journalists you don't you know arrest them and lock them up but in this situation you kind of see as a retaliation to the sanctions that are already being imposed um the uh military regime is kind of doing that i actually do have the name of it uh, the Tatmada, I believe is how it's pronounced, um, but is the military that is uh, currently in power in Myanmar, and uh, they are definitely ruling with an iron fist. Um, I believe that, you know, they are trying to negotiate, but it doesn't seem like anything is really happening. Like, um, it just seems like pretty much the negotiations are just the U.S. condemning the action. So, I mean, I, I maybe I'm using that word too strongly. Um so, I mean, we'll definitely try to keep you posted. This is one of the things that was kind of scrolling through Twitter and I saw it. And then also, um, it's just been kind of coming up on like news radars and, um, which is also leading to the next one. Um, 
that um, there's a UK Iran situation that has been ongoing. Um, and essentially, let's see, I have her name here. Um, but um, an Iran court upholds a jail term for a UK, a UK Iranian-born aid worker. Um, and this is also from Rudders. Um, well, let's see. Zagari Radcliffe. Um, she's already been like in a uh, prison term. I believe part of it was in jail and then the rest of it was like due to like Corona. She served like in home. So she couldn't leave. She couldn't travel, but like still a jail sentence. Um, so she got released from that, but then she was then sentenced to another charge. Um, it looks like this is a charge of propaganda against uh, Iran's uh, ruling system. And she is an, an aid worker. So this isn't even a journalist. Not saying that in the other situation with Danny, that that was okay. Because he was definitely not saying anything seditious. He was just reporting news and things that were happening. And they said, oh, well, you're you actually were reporting for these other people. And they were banned. And, and, and neither of those situations were actually true. They were just trumping up the charges. And it's also just trumped up in this situation. She wasn't doing anything. Like, she wasn't propagandizing. Um, but that was a charge that they ruled. Um and essentially, you know, it just seems really unfounded on, you know, when you're looking at it on the surface. But apparently it's this long ongoing thing that I've learned. Just I think like, I was just listening to a podcast that kind of explained more of this, um, which also the BBC is super good on news, by the way. I don't know. Maybe I'm new to this um, and, and I got to give them their flowers. But like BBC is on it. I mean, I, I only fuck with them on two occasions. Uh Doctor Who and maybe Mighty Python if they ever air that. I'm not sure. I, I I watch like DVDs with like my friends, but man, BBC is on with the news. I've been learning that lately with some of their podcasts. Um, every day they got 30 minute bumps instead of like the NPR, like what, like five minute things. Um, but anyway, um, it was a larger situation where we were supposed to supply Iran or not. We, sorry, I'm, I'm over here just trying to join the United Kingdom. Um, the United Kingdom was supposed to supply them with tanks. And I believe this was a $500 million venture, um, $480 million or something like that. But we can round up maybe with interest. But um, essentially, they were promised this, but then there was some kind of like overthrow in Iran at the time. And so they were like, oh, well, uh, never mind. And like, they're like, no, 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 no. We paid for those tanks. Like, we want the reimbursement. And so I believe that more or less, this is just one of the instances where they're like, hey, you know, we're going to keep just locking your, your people up, you know, until we get this money. Um, so I believe Boris Johnson, the prime minister or whatever, is on it, kind of, but not really. He's, you know, made pleas for her release. But once again, like, these people aren't really negotiating hard enough, if, if you ask me. Um so I believe also her husband is on a hunger strike in the UK about this, which I completely understand that. I mean, just the situation is just so tragic. Like, I'm sure for her, she went into the situation wanting to do good work. Um, and she's literally being punished for that as a pawn, you know. Um, so definitely, you know, going to try to keep you posted on both of those situations. Um those just kind of popped up on my radar this week. And I'm like, God damn, like the world is crazy. But I mean, we already knew that. Um, moving on closer to home. 
Got some Robin Hood news. Um, also, hacker news. Hacker man. <laughs> um, I just like talking about hacking shit. And uh, this this popped up, I think, around Monday. But apparently, like, this was some shit that... Uh, I believe they made a statement on the 3rd, yes. Um, and I'm getting this from Bloomberg. Also, um, another little sidebar here. I uh, I use a lot of news, obviously. So I'm, I'm over here looking, finding... Um, you know, all these things. And like, this is especially my grievance uh, with Bloomberg, with NY Times. Y'all need to stop playing. I'm not paying y'all. I, I do not make enough money. I am podcasting for free. Like, all right, I'm not getting enough Patreon for that kind of fucking shit. Stop trying to fucking paywall me. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Because I, I will find it. I will find the news. I will go Liam Neeson and I will get it. But um, anyway tangent over um but yeah they were hacked um pretty much the main thing that was taken was emails but i believe like addresses names these were also things that were taken um they're not 100 percent sure too uh potentially um you know i mean me personally because i have some stake in this i have a robin hood account but potentially like you know social security bank information like that potentially is on the table, but they're saying like that's not for sure. But they are holding the information ransom, the peep, the hacker who took it. Apparently, this happened off of duped information from a customer service call. So I'm curious about that, but they didn't really put up any more information. Um, but yeah, yeah. So Bloomberg is reporting this on the eighth. So yeah, this this happened apparently last week, but kind of the news has finally trickled out, and you know you're hearing it now live from me. Well, not live for you, but live for me. Live enough. But, um, this is kind of a bad time for Robinhood because, I mean, they just made their shit public. You know, they're introducing all this stuff. They've got crypto. So you, you want your image to go up. And stuff like this makes your stock image go down. Uh, I believe they went down like 3% off of this. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure they'll rally at some point. Maybe they already have. Um, but all the same, um, wanted to put that up there. I know I've got some friends who do some trading and whatnot on Robinhood. Like I said, I use Robinhood. Though I will say I dabbled in crypto. That shit was a mess. Uh, did some doge and then I got the fuck out because I realized if Elon Musk can control this kind of thing, then I don't want any fucking part of it. God damn. And I got out as soon as I could after that. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to put that up. Um, and then lastly, I wanted to finish off with um, some trial updates from the Kyle Rittenhouse situation and the Ahmaud Arbery. I guess we'll kind of blend them together, kind of run through them. Um, both, uh, these I got from ABC news. Um, you can definitely look up parts and better details throughout. If you do your own personal research, I always advise that, you know, uh, as much as I love Brad as a hot story and as much as I love myself as a little fucking newscaster, we're a bunch of dummies. So, you know, by all means, use this as a jump point, use this as a vibe point, whatever. And then, you know, by all means hit your shit. I highly suggest that. Um, but with the Kyle Rittenhouse thing, um, it's deep. Uh, I don't want to like do the whole blow for blow law and order recount of it. Um, it's it's kind of boring. I feel like when you do that with these kind of situations, um, 
But definitely Kyle's Rittenhouse's uh, testimony was interesting. Uh, the Obviously, the big thing was the meme that people, like, a lot of memes came up with the Kyle Rittenhouse cry memes or whatever. Um, they're funny. I, I like them. Uh, that, uh, you know, hammers in that bias we didn't already know. Um, but they were interesting. I find more interesting, though, the judge. Uh, I believe his name is Bruce. Yeah, Judge Bruce Schrodinger. He is a wild card, dude. What a what an interesting feller. Um, I think it's really weird when judges have their bias on their sleeve. Like, I get it. Like, you are a lawyer, and then you take that even further back. You're a human being. So you have feelings. You have reservations. You have blah, 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 blah. But when you get to the point of a judge, I'm always like, why can't you just be, you know, the arbiter in the situation, the non-biased, you know, factor in this, guiding it and make sure it all gets done legally. I, I really do feel like that if a person like me, a casual pleb like me can see, oh, wow, this guy literally wants this to go one way or the other. Like, you know what I mean? That's bad. That's a bad look. I'm not necessarily saying that he's doing things super untoward and he's like an evil judge i just think that's just whack as fuck like i think that's that's doing your job poorly if you're supposed to be like the best judge that kenosha has and you're you're on this tip it's just whack um you know i don't know he just it seems like he's really playing favorites here in my opinion um but anyway like the main crux i feel like was kyle rittenhouse deciding to come up and testify i personally didn't think he needed to um i kind of thought like given the the axis of the trial like hey this is about self-defense or you were being a vigilante and you don't really have to come up and say anything but he said hey you know my my lawyer said yeah i can i i should maybe whatever i guess and he he did it um and he you know recounted the events um and uh, i do feel like it's one of those things where you take in everything you hear his testimony um now pretty much also at this point we're just waiting for closing arguments on Monday. Um, I do think he's going to get off. I, I think the way he kind of told the story um, matches enough of the evidence. I don't really feel like the prosecution put up a ton to dispute what he's saying. Um, I think maybe there's some like discrepancy in terms of like the Rosenbaum thing that started it. But more or less, he's just like, hey, I was trying to do X. Why happened, and I was defending myself from why, and that's all of the shit that happened, all of the shooting and all that. Um, you know, obviously, I'm not a lawyer or anything like that, but um, it is kind of looking like on the face of it, it's just going to go that way that he's going to just be not guilty. Um, but we'll see, you know, we'll see if that is a premonition or I'm off. You know, I'm happy to be wrong here, TB, TBH, as the kids say. Um, but uh, yeah, I, like I said, I mean, obviously, I implore you guys to do your own research, look up the stuff and, uh, you know, obviously give us back feedback. You know, if you think I'm crazy, you think I'm wrong or you think, hey, I'm on to something. I'll be, either way, we're happy to hear it. Um, we will love to have a discourse. Um, then in the Ahmad Aubrey trial, um, pretty much so far, this is week one. So we're just kind of getting started. Uh, the police testimony was pretty much the main crux of things um a lot of the photography in terms of like just the the scene and everything was put up um 
they really wanted to establish like hey like why didn't like you guys arrest these guys and they just were kind of like well we didn't really feel the need to and the case wasn't over obviously like it was pending but it's like i don't know it just kind of felt odd um i mean we'll see apparently al sharpton made an appearance uh for the family the ahmaud Arbery family and one of the lawyers got salty about that he's like one is okay but you can't have another black lawyer otherwise we're gonna have a problem and i'm not directly quoting but that was pretty much the word it used and i was like wow dude this is so on its face um and we'll try to keep you posted on that you know as much as i can stomach or whatever and depending on how the new flow news flow goes you know um but yeah that's pretty much the end of the rope um on that part um and i don't care if that's bad phrasing fuck it i don't care don't over analyze it <laughs> you know i'd be drinking and smoking and just talking um but yeah um, I hope you guys have a good one. I hope you guys tune in for the next episode, the big episode. I mean, I'm, I don't know if anything major is going to happen. Who knows? Anything is possible, right? Um, but yeah, tune in. You know, the gang's going to be back as always. And um, check us out on Patreon. Uh, if you want to tip and get a shout out, that's available. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. You can find them. You know them. You know, now and then podcast. You're now and then with Brad and Isaiah. You do some Googling. I guarantee you find us. I guarantee it, baby. Um, But yeah, have a good one. Be well. I love you. Bye.